every single person who was negative, quote unquote, in my past, I actually thank them. I thank all of them because had it not been for them, my life's dramas would not unfold to the point where I could transform it into something simply beautiful. Brain Podcast. Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova, a two-time award-nominated podcast and the companion to the newly published book, Unleash Your Supernova, a guide to surviving the marathon of creative entrepreneurship. If you want to launch a book, idea, or business in the real world or the metaverse, this podcast is for you. Listen in to increase your creativity, bring your ideas to execution, go from burnout to bliss, all while tapping into your limitless potential. I am your host, Nova Rain, award-winning fashion designer, actor, author, and founder of Rain Magazine, Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network, and most recently, the Raindrops NFT Art House. Hear from leading entrepreneurs, actors, authors, and other creative founders as they share their why and other wows, words of wisdom, and how to unleash into the most powerful version of yourself. If you haven't already, definitely download and subscribe to Unleash Your Supernova and get top dollar advice and start your supernova journey today. I am so excited to have Elise Krenzel on the show today. Hi, Elise. Hi, how are you? I am good. I'm good and and super excited to dive into your why. And of course, we're going to hear about your book and all the other nuggets of wisdom that you're going to share with us today. (laughs) And before we get into our topic, which is about adventure and how to use adventure to really tap into your deepest desires and dreams and push those, you know, the shadows and darker experiences of your life behind you, we're going to start with Elise's why. But before we even get there, let's learn a little bit more about Elise. Elise is a multi-glot author, ghostwriter, mentor, public speaker, and communications entrepreneur who has lived in five countries for over 25 years. Starting in Japan, she has owned a talent and booking agency, introduced punk rock, was a DJ and music journalist, a Tokyo bureau chief for Billboard magazine, Elise introduced the Sony Walkman, Laserdisc technology to a Western audience during her stint. After 20 years in digital travel publishing, lifestyle marketing, and public relations in Europe, she returned to the States to her first love of writing. Elise has one son and has published and authored the book, Under My Skin, Drama, Trauma, and Rock and Roll, and is currently working on her second book, which is a memoir trilogy, Moving From Wound to Wound. Oh, wow. That's a lot, Elise. You've done a lot. (laughs) Yep. So I know there's so much to dive into from your background regarding living out east. I mean, out east, like real east, not the eastern United States, but Japan. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Working in technology before that was even trendy or popular, Um, you know, innovating within the music space and now authoring books. I absolutely love it. But I want to start like we always do with the show with your why. 
And as I share in Unleash Your Supernova in the opening chapter, our whys can be good, but then also sometimes can be misguiding depending on what we are using as that North Star to guide us. So it's so important for us to stop and pause during our journey, you know, throughout the various stages of our life to ask, why am I even doing this? And sometimes to return back to that why in the middle of a project, in, in the middle of a new career, you know, is why? You know, if you're having discord with your friends or, you know, um, arguments with your partner or mate. Well, why did I choose this person? Why am I in this relationship? Because I think it really grounds us and helps cut through sometimes the clutter and the noise and the fog. So I'm going to ask you, why do you do what you do? Well, I want to say that I had a uh, really tough childhood like many of us. It was toxic. Uh, there was narcissism, there was substance abuse, alcoholism, there was emotional, verbal, sexual, physical, all sorts of abuse. So my why is toxicity. That is the, the, the pool from which I emerged. The why is why are people treating me this way and why are people treating others this way? This is wrong. I knew it didn't feel right. I knew it wasn't right. And yet it created a, a snowball effect as our childhood does a snowball effect for me to repeat certain mm, less than desirable traits in my relationship with others in coming to understand what this toxicity was claiming my own truth and disassociating myself from them, the family, and also the families that I inherited through various mar marriages. Mm. Disassociating myself with everyone to associate myself with me. And so you would say that your why is, it's it started through this experience of toxicity, but then also using these I guess, products or innovations or these adventures that you've taken to discover why the, these negative experiences happen to you, but then also how to prevent them from happening to others? Yes, my, uh, okay. Some people say that travel is an escape because they use it as an escape. Not for me. I've always had an adventuresome and curious spirit. I've always asked, why is this happening? <laughs> So your why is why <laughs> for mm -hmm. me, yeah. and it's why all along the way. And with this love of travel, this love of adventure, and this love of other cultures, because I come from a multi-racial, interfaith, you know, polyglot kind of family, I never saw the borders or the boundaries in life, which was a good and bad thing. But on the good side of it, I didn't see the boundaries, so I traveled. Nothing was stopping me, thank you to my mom. And that's why I was able to go to Japan at 19. And earlier, I was able to go to Europe at 16. And that opened, that blew apart my conception 
my mind, my societal norms, and it made me feel connected to these other cultures in ways that I hadn't felt connected in America. Oh, that's so interesting. And so you mentioned the word multiglot, and it's also in your bio. So I want to just pause and because <laughs> I, had, I hadn't heard that before. And I want you to just share what multiglot is. Okay. I don't think anyone heard of it because I made it up. And I made it up because people use the word polyglot, which means someone who has multiple talents or a range of talents and skills and uses them, which is far more acceptable now than it was even 15, 25, 35 years ago. That's true. Mm -hmm. I say multiglot because I am multi-talented. I am multilingual. I've lived in, I am multicultural. So multi, multi, multiply that by multi, you get multi-glot. <laughs> uh, what other languages do you speak? I speak Dutch. Wow. I, because I lived there for 13 years in Holland. Amazing. I speak a little bit of German. It could be better. That's because I lived in Switzerland for five years in the German speaking part. I speak Japanese, not as great as I did when I lived there because it's been quite a New York minute since I lived there. Uh -huh. And I understand Yiddish, which was the language of my grandparents who all four of them emigrated uh, from Hungary on my mother's side mm. and from Belarus on my dad's side. Oh, wow. Such an eclectic background. I love it. <laughs> and I, I'm going to have to ask out of all of these places, Japan, Holland, Switzerland, what, what was your favorite? Oh, there's so many favorites. So I have to say that Japan was my favorite during the time when I was in the music business. Okay. So in my late teens, up until I was there 25, I loved it there. However, I also adored the south of France. I was on the Côte d'Azur for one year. Okay. On the Riviera after my divorce. And that was a coming of age to me in a time where I was going through a very young midlife crisis at 40 years old. So I love that. Mm. And then there are many other countries I haven't lived in that I've traveled to that are just fantastic. Wow. So you said that you went through a young midlife crisis at 40? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what prompted that? And how did you get through that period? Okay. So what I want to say to all the listeners is that my current book, only goes from the age of five to 20. Book two will be from 20 to 44. So let's work backwards and say what prompted the midlife crisis at 40 were a number of things that coalesced. In my early 30s, I had a dream. I had a dream <laughs> of, <laughs> of being the owner and manager of a publishing empire. Mm, okay. Live that dream. It came true. It took many years and then it happened. I raised, this is pre-dot, pre-dot-com. Pre mm -hmm. So in the, in the early nineties, I raised millions of dollars for a travel publishing company, which was digital, pre-internet, 
and we had GPS on the travel guides, which were delivered on CD-ROM. Your listeners are probably saying, what, huh? What's a CD-ROM? <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm dating myself, folks. I'm ancient, but, but I have the Benjamin Button effect, so I'm really not old. So let me, just, let me just backtrack in time. Imagine an audio CD that has video files on it. That's a CD-ROM. Got it. And you would slip that into your computer. And these days, laptops don't even have inserts for CD-ROM because they're they're to the wayside. They're obsolete. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we had GPS. This is pre-internet, so it, it was a technical feat. And I built this travel publishing empire in Europe. And it was distributed to, through five countries throughout Europe. I had travel writers who I designated without even knowing. This is pre-Twitter. I created a database so they could write their comments about the where to go, what to see, where to shop, you know, where to stay, et cetera, et cetera, a, a digital travel guide using 500 words or less, which is essentially Twitter. And we had to train these writers from very famous travel magazines who came on board for us how to write a review in 500 words or less. (laughs) They they were dumbfounded. (laughs) You know, back in those days with travel books or travel guides, each entry was long. Yeah. You know, 250 to 350 words. So what prompted the midlife crisis was that I realized I wasn't a manager. I'm a visionary. Mm. I'm excellent at starting projects. Mm-hmm. I'm excellent at inspiring people. And I'm excellent at strategy and strategic vision. So not only having the vision, but strategically, how are we going to implement it? That is one of my gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why I help people do that in their business. I want to just just pause there for a second because I think you said something very powerful. And I was having a conversation the other day with a colleague who I hadn't spoken to in depth for a long time. We would just cross paths in Twitter spaces and clubhouse rooms. And, and um, you know, she also had shared that she realizes that she doesn't like to micromanage. She is a visionary. She is a, a starter. She's not a finisher. She can create the idea. She can help inspire the team to follow through with the idea. And I, and I think that that is so important for us to realize like where on the cog do we shine? Do we, you know, where our gifts um, amplify and to not feel bad or apologetic about it regardless of what dollar signs are tied to it. And, you know, every idea needs the starter. Every idea needs the finisher. So they're both equally important. And and usually they're not the same person, right? Because if the execution slows down the innovation or the creation, then the starter no longer exists. And that light has been snuffed out. And so even for parents, it's so important for us to help our children, help guide you know, our teens, our young, you know, young adults that are around us in our lives and, 
and to recognize where do they fit in, you know, and are you the visionary? And hey, maybe there there are individuals, I'm sure, plenty that love starting it, executing it, finishing it, like the whole wheel, the whole cycle. But I love that you mentioned that and how it led to this moment of reflection and saying, wait a minute, you know, I, I had this dream, I brought it to life, we're doing great, we're in five countries, we're making money, why am I not happy? And, and to go back to the core of what makes you tick and what, what excites you, which is the ideation, the creation, the vision. And so I love that. I wanted to pause and I wanted to emphasize how important that is for our listeners to hear. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I do want to add that it wasn't just about happy. I actually had a nervous breakdown because the pressure was just way too intense for me. Mm. And um, that... That is what brought me to pause. And what I did after I sold my shares, because that was the only solution for me was to get out. And so I sold my shares. I took what was then called a golden handshake. I could have retired if I wanted to. Really just retired. Yet I was only 39. No, I wasn't going to retire. What I did do was retire to the south of France in the sense of I was going to take a sabbatical year and just figure it out. Mm. And so I went to the south of France. I knew one person, an artist who I had represented 10 years prior in New York. And I rented a room in an atelier in a studio of his. I didn't even have a driver's license because no one needs a driver's license in New York or Europe. And yet in the south of France there, you actually did need a car because of all the rolling hills. Anyway, I walked around, I got around, I climbed mountains, I cried my eyes out, and I began a book, which wasn't published. I got into the discipline of writing every single day, not just journaling, writing a book. Mm. And I met tons of people. I didn't speak French. Within a month, I was speaking very little, yet getting by, <laughs> and I made a ton of friends. And I realized that through this period, loneliness or disappointment in myself, the beating yourself up about what could have, would have, should have happened, I realized, well, on the other hand, I'm free of this now, right. and now I can do what I want. So that was a pivotal year. Plus I had, I was divorced. So that, that, luckily we had no children. So it wasn't very, very painful because it was an agreement between us both that we should have been director and producer type of relationship <laughs> and not really a couple, couple. Um, so that was okay. Okay. So it's interesting how your adventures started at such a young age, you know, as a teen, you were in Europe, you know, uh, as a young adult, you were in Japan and then finding yourself, you know, in the south of France after running a, a European country, a, a European company, excuse me, and which had taken you a travel company at that, which had taken you a, around the world. So, you know, you said that your life started with toxicity, these experiences and which led to your why. Like, why do people do this? What do they do these things to others? How can you know, how can I prevent this? And then this journey that opened your eyes up to a new way of looking at the world when, when visiting 
I think you said France for the first time. And you are still on an adventure, yeah, right? Yeah. You're here in the US because obviously you came back to the US, but you're still on an adventure. And it sounds like that, that second venture more conceptually started with writing. And I want to just dive into the different aspects of how you view or define what the sense of adventure is and, and how you've used it really to expand and get over and through some of these obstacles, you know, may it have been the trauma in childhood or, you know, maybe the, the leaving the business, the divorce, the breakdown. So how would you define sense of adventure or adventure and how it has really impacted you in all these different um, phases of your life? I never stopped looking within. I started writing diary journals basically at 11 years old. I've always been an explorer. I would like to say I'm an archaeologist or a psych archaeologist. Hmm. I love psychology and I love archaeology hmm. and ancient sites and burial grounds and ruins around the world. And so I have tried to excavate both the demons and the angels, if you will, mm. from within me, my whole entire life, which made me an excellent investigative reporter mm. and puts me in the driver's seat in terms of writing books, because you need to understand characters, not just your own, right. but you need to understand the motivation of other people. So I'm able now to use that former childhood trauma and write with impunity about characters who terribly hurt me mm, and yet yeah. without blaming them mm -hmm. which is why in my current book under my skin i offer up to the public that every single person who was negative quote unquote in my past, I actually thank them. I thank all of them because had it not been for them, my life's dramas would not unfold to the point where I could transform it into something simply beautiful mm -hmm. and accepting of all people. I'm no, I'm no perfect example of anything. I'm just a human being. Mm -hmm. And yet there's a lot of of, of work that a human being can do on, on themselves in order to improve or to reach a higher level of understanding of spirituality, of acceptance, if you will. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that, you know, how you shared, you thanked those that may have inflicted harm on you for how it's helped you transform as a human being. and. It's, that's just powerful to be able to do that and to, you know, see the light in, in a negative situation and maybe personal or entrepreneurial or in our day-to-day -day business world, you know, there are always negative situations or individuals that we come across yeah. and how, you know, how many of us can turn those situations around, see the positive in, you know, maybe an, an argument or, um, you know, a negative 
action from a colleague or something like that. How could we turn that into something beautiful, as you said? Well, and uh, mm-hmm. sorry, I Nelson Mandela is one of my heroes, um, mm-hmm. as is um, Martin Luther King Jr., as is so many others that are bright lights sometimes Mm. in a dark world. You mentioned how do we turn it around, basically focusing on others. And I say this, we can focus all we want on others, but it has nothing to do with others. It's us. So I point the finger back at me. And when I'm triggered, which now is literally nothing. However, when I'm triggered, when I used to be triggered, I'd look at myself and say, okay, this person is triggering me, yet they are not the root cause of this. What Mm -hmm. is the trigger in me? What do I have? And let me give an example. So if an ex or a husband, as I like to say, (laughs) (laughs) never heard that before either. (laughs) Okay, so my husband cheated on me. I felt betrayed. Uh Uh-huh outrage and yet the question to ask myself is how did i betray myself Mm. not why did he betray me interesting how did i betray myself and i'll tell you how and i figured it out i betrayed myself by being with him in the first place because Mm. i didn't follow the red flags that were abundantly clear from the very beginning i did not follow my intuition Right. That's how. And so I constantly do that, not to the point of of egregious self-analysis. However, I ask myself, okay, what's the trigger? Get to the bottom of it. That is an excellent takeaway. And in a situation that can be so devastating, for us to go back to ourselves in any situation that can be devastating and saying, why am I being affected? What is the root cause? And and where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. And because you're taking back control at that point, right? I think a lot of fear and anger and all these things stem from this sense of lack of control. Correct. You know? And hope, mm-hmm. hopelessness or yes, I what this happened to me, it's victimhood. Mm-hmm. And Taking control though, lest audience get the idea like this is a one shot quick thing. No, it's not. From the time that that happened, this has been a process. And Um, I like to stress that life is a process. It's not a quick fix. Despite whatever is going on in America, media and teaching you, telling you, shoving it down your throat that it's a quick fix, it's not. And writing is the perfect example to write a book. Well, it took me two years. I'm not saying it takes two years for other writers. It's a constant improvement process, a constant edit until you get to the gems. So writing is, it takes patience. And I beg your listeners, have patience with yourself in order to get to the root cause. I love how you use writing as an analogy and I never thought about that. And, you know, having published the book and that journey was a long journey from deciding to do it to narrowing down which topic or which story 
to putting it on paper, crumpling up, <laughs> going back to it, edit one, two, three, four, and five, you know, looking for an agent. I mean, it's, it's such a process. And especially when you're writing about your life and, and personal stories, it's a very raw experience and journey. And even if you're sharing a fictional story, you know, this is something that you're birthing from within and to liken it to life and, and how you said it's not a quick fix and it's a process, but if you keep going, you're going to uncover those gems when that book is finished and you're holding in your hand or you're downloading the, you know, the PDF or whatever, it is a gem. You know, and words are powerful and your life and your life's journey is powerful. So I, I never thought about it like that in terms of comparing it to a book, but I love yeah, that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that, I'm gonna share it and pass it forward. This is a perfect time to get to our next segment. And for those that are joining us for the first time, this is when the guest becomes the host. And so Elise is going to get the mic and she's going to ask me whatever she wants. And then we're going to wrap it up with questions from our listeners. So I'm passing you the mic, Elise. Okay, great. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you, how did you get started in this journey of yours with podcasting? Oh, that's an excellent question. You know, it's funny being, having founded Rain. I am... It's, it really covers most of my interests, you know, fashion, culture, and technology. But what I wanted to zero in on were the future stars, the future gems, as you were saying, and being that Sherlock Holmes to uncover them. And taking that from a very personal experience, being a fashion designer coming into an industry with very little background and connections and taking that journey and having this dream and wanting to bring it to life even though no one knew who I was <laughs> and having that experience and wanting to create a platform that was committed to the creator, the creative, maybe the author, the designer, the musician, however your creativity showed up and really just focusing in on their story and what they were offering to the world as their basis of being, you know, sh to shine a light on them as a media platform. And so being in the space and, and having access to what's coming down the pike, usually five to seven years down the pike, um, radio, internet radio was a thing. It was this big thing. And, and I just thought that was the coolest idea where you can bring media and entertainment to sound in this new way. And so the digital radio platform. And so I, I recorded my first audio interview and it was um, one of the singers from Josie and the Pussycat Dolls. And oh. yeah, it was so much fun. And I was like, oh, I love this. And it was, you know, having done written interviews for so long and now just being able to have this just free flowing conversation where we can record it and then release it at a later date and then it could just live on forever. And it just fascinated me. And I, and I love the medium of, of sound. And so that was my little toe in the water. But the technology wasn't there yet to scale it as you can with podcasts now. And so fast forward a few years, I, you know, had been thinking about doing podcasts for a while. I didn't really know how to start, where to start. And I said, I'm just going to jump in and just started pulling up every article I could find on Google. And um, luckily I was introduced to a young man who had his own little startup 
to consult other individuals that wanted to create their own podcast. And that was really my guide for a few months to help me launch my first set of shows. And um, after that, like, you know, I was bitten by the bug and I never looked back. And it went from five episodes to being nominated for best podcast of the year with the Unleash Your Supernova podcast to launching Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network because I wanted to help others do the same thing. And I wanted to bring these powerful voices together to help impact, you know, their communities in a positive way. And just recently, um, I received a nomination from the People's Choice Awards and as the best host of the year. So it's just, I, I love it. You know, the relationships, the connections, the storytelling, but doing it through sound and not just in a written form. And I love writing, but you know, every medium, medium serves its purpose and podcasting is a powerful, powerful tool for storytellers. And yeah, so I fell in love. I haven't looked back, but that's how I got started. Okay, great. <laughs> so let's see, who was your most challenging interview thus far? Oh, wow. I've never had that question before. Most challenging interview? Yes. Hmm. I don't... <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going way, way back. You know, for the rain, it's like 15 years of rain, like rain magazine. So I'm like trying to go way back. But then the interviews that I've done through the podcast too, can I say personality wise, was there any challenge? I would say, um, okay, yes. So when I started podcasting, I was still feeling out how I wanted to format my show. And I, I started interviewing actors and singers and comedians, which was so much fun because they're performers. They're used to being on the mic. They're used to, you know, improv and, and, and to hear their stories of how they get started because it, you know, the entertainment industry is so challenging to break through. And so it was just fun hearing from individuals that were in these major projects and, um, or had released successful albums. But then I had someone approach me who was a founder and they said, hey, I have this new product I'm launching. Can I be on your podcast? And I was like, sure. You know, the whole point of Rain was to help other founders and creators. So I brought them on, but their sole intention was to just sell their product. And oh. so... <laughs> Every question or the answer that they were giving was just going right back to the product, right back to the product. And that was challenging because for me, I want to bring information to my audience that's truly going to benefit them, that they could take away, immediately apply it to their lives. And the information that he was sharing was very self-serving. And so it was just a it was just a tug of war trying to get the information that I felt would really benefit our listeners over and above the product that he was trying to you know present so it was just a learning lesson for me to you know be very intentional and clear with my guests in terms of the mission of the show what we're trying to share and so we're both on the same page and why, why we're doing this going back to the why why we're doing this and if it serves them as much as it's going to serve our audience then great so ever since then it's just been a really fun ride that was a good question. I was like, oh, let me think about that for a while. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So we could now, I'll take back the mic and we can get to the questions from our listeners. So thank you so much, Elise. That was fun going <laughs> down memory, memory lane. <laughs> I have a question from a listener that says, going back to your comment about adventure, what if you don't have a lot of money? How do you start 
traveling or bringing adventure into your life? Okay, that is a perennial question. And I want every listener to know that I don't come from money. I came from a working class background where we then became middle class, what was then middle class. Right now, middle class equals working class. So back to square one. I never had money. Everything I ever did was bootstrapped. Money never stopped me. And that's what you need to get into your head. If money is a form of energy exchange, if you don't have it and you're telling yourself, oh, I can't do it, I don't have money, you are creating a barrier, you're creating a lack. Like, oh, well, I may not deserve it. I don't have money. That never stopped me. I broke down the barriers. I didn't have money. I didn't think about it. I did it. I found a way to do it. There is an expression, if there's a will, there's a way. I truly believe that. Amazing. I, that was so powerful and I'm glad you shared that. And when I decided to launch my fashion brand many moons ago, I had no money. But I had this this dream, as you mentioned earlier, I had this idea and and that's all I could see. Right. And I wanted to bring that to life so badly. That's all that that's all I could think about. And, and to build, yeah, to build on that. And that's that's really important. What you're saying, athletes or even politicians or movie stars, people that want to do something. And it can change in your life, by the way. By the way, here is Miss Multiglot. I've changed a lot of different times. Yet, if you want to do something, it's a burning desire. You must never give up on that vision. Life will give you, will throw you curveballs. And I say, if life throws me curveballs, get a bigger bat. Ooh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> let's go I got my five pound bat ready let's go (laughs) oh that's so important it's so important that resonates so much with me and and why I do what I do to help others never give up on their dreams to not let go because yeah as as you said you're gonna get knocked down you're gonna get curveballs you're gonna hear the nose you're gonna be told so many reasons why you don't look or sound or whatever to be what it is you want to be or create what you want to create and none of that matters none of that matters i after my after my second divorce Mm -hmm. which 10 years ago oh 12 years ago now uh i became a single mom my son was then eight i basically went from high uh, credit score i had just returned to the states high credit score to below whatever you I don't even want to say how low it was. Like, how low can you go? That's how low I went. (laughs) (laughs) And basically had to scratch and scramble. I say this, I did everything except spread my legs. Mm. And I did it. And it wasn't easy. And I don't complain. My son is stronger for it. He's a wonderful person. I say he is the man that I am about to meet. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yes, our struggles or obstacles do make us stronger if we choose to allow them to. Yes. And, and yeah. Wow. And, and it, I, I let it define me that I was, I didn't have money. I was struggling. I let it define me. And here was the turning point. This, it, do we have enough, a uh, few more minutes that I can share this? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So here was the turning point, friends. 
I was down and out. There was one year in the last 10 where I had no income, no income for a full year. It didn't matter what I did, couldn't generate income. And um, I said, okay, this cannot go on any longer. What do I need to do? Oh, I need to do something that I love. It was, Of course it's writing, yet I wasn't in the mind space to begin the book, which is now out under my skin. So what I did was go inside myself. I love children. So from one day to the next, I got my licenses and I became a preschool teacher mm. in my 50s. I had more energy mm. than three of the 30-year-olds put together. <laughs> I was running around that schoolyard with two and three-year-olds non-stop. I actually lost 20 pounds. <laughs> but you can say, I made friends. I have one little guy who I've been friends with now for five years, and I'm watching him grow. He brought that love back into me. Mm. The, the shining, the inspiration that I could love despite my circumstance. And, and then I quit. After a year and a half, business started coming in. I was ready. My heart was open. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Oh, I could. I just imagined you running around with these little babies, like running after you. That was just a great picture. <laughs> oh man, that's so. Oh, my my quote. I guess my one quote from my book under my skin is: mm. "I used to be a drama queen, and now I'm just a queen." Yes. Oh, please say that again. This is the mic drop. Okay. <laughs> I used to be a drama queen. But now I'm just a queen. Yes, 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 yes. Let's get let go of our dramas. Step into our throne. I yes. love that. Yes. That's incredible. What a journey. And I know we just scratched the surface because your <laughs> life is all about adventure. I mean, from the places you've lived, the languages you've learned, the people you've met, the businesses you've built. There's so much there that you can share the mm. wisdom, the knowledge, the inspiration, absolutely loved having you here today. We're going to have to bring you back. Of course, that's just without a doubt. <laughs> absolutely. And if you can just share with the listeners again, the name of the book and how they can get it. Okay, great. The name of the book is Under My Skin, Drama, Trauma and Rock and Roll by Elise Krenzel. And it's on Amazon. So you can get it on Amazon. And if you want to sign up for my newsletter, just go to EliseKrenzel.com. Awesome. E-L-O. Should I spell the name or? I'll spell it for you. It's Elise Krenzel, K-R-E-N-T-Z-E-L. Okay, Krenzel with a K. Right. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's under my skin. And it's on Amazon by Elise Krenzel. And um, at least, would you like them to, to connect with you? Well, I guess they can connect with you through your website as well, right? At least website on Instagram, on Facebook. There's all sorts of ways to connect with me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of those inspirational words and you know little hints of what's in the book. It sounds like it's going to be an adventure just reading the book. So <laughs> that's awesome. 
And for our listeners, thank you again for joining and tuning in to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, your guide to creativity, manifestation, and mindfulness, where we show you how to tap into and become the brightest version of yourself. And if you haven't yet subscribed, what are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe button. And please, if you found value in our show today, share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't gotten the Unleash Your Supernova book to continue to learn how to tap into your limitless potential, then go to your favorite bookstore. It could be Books A Million, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whichever <laughs> you choose and get your copy of Unleash Your Supernova, the book. This is Nova Lorraine. Until next time, ciao.